When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all the great shows. And if you can, please give us that five star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, game source of course the great folks at lakersball.com go ahead and check out the angry crew right now after this game but there's still a lot of fun along with ox1947 today at lakersball.com plus if you want your lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today and you live in the southern california area please go ahead and check out symbolates that's symbolates with the y.com Plus also swell our good friends at Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. And you know he's blogging away right now. And that's Laker Tom with some more crazy trades because we certainly need them after the showing tonight with all the manpower down. So go ahead and check out what he's doing along with my good friend and our good friend, Mr. Jamie Sweet and his five things articles as well. Go ahead and check out what he's doing today at Lakerholics.com. Plus our good friends of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. And if you can support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. No AD, no Austin Reeves, no Russell Westbrook equals no defense for the Lakers as they head into Sacramento tonight. And they wanted to try and prevent the lighting of the beam. Well, they sure didn't do a good job of defending that either because Unfortunately, after a back-and-forth seesaw battle in the first quarter, the game started to slip away, and no matter how much LeBron James was trying to prevent it, it just wasn't enough. The Lakers didn't have anything on the defensive end to try and put any uh, put up any resistance against the onslaught of three-pointers, the onslaught of fast breaks, and everything that was going on on the Sacramento side. As the Sacramento Kings pulled away in the second quarter, and especially in the third quarter, they outscored the Lakers 81-60 to in the second and third quarters to go ahead with a very comfortable 134-120 to victory over the Los Angeles Lakers. 
LeBron James scored 31 points, 11 assists, 6 rebounds, 2 block shots, but he just couldn't do it all himself. Thomas Bryant tried his best through 17 and 10. Lonnie Walker threw 19 and 5. Dennis Schroeder, 18. And Patrick Beverly, 13. But the bench couldn't give them very much at all. Max Christie, Troy Brown Jr., and Wendy Gabriel, 7 and 6. Pretty much right there for you. Damian Jones, a paltry 2 points. The Lakers just couldn't get anything done when LeBron was not in the game. And the Lakers just, like I said, they just were had no chance matching up against the Sacramento Kings, who I know a lot of people going in thinking, how are the Sacramento Kings doing it? How are they above 500? This team doesn't even look good enough to be a playing team as far as if you looked at it on paper. Well, they are playing right now very well. They've got a lot of momentum on their side, and it proves tonight that they are a much better complete team than the Lakers are in the standings. So the Lakers, unfortunately, could not hold up against four quarters of that as the Lakers once again lose 134-120 to 120 to fall to 13-18. and 18. And here today to go ahead and talk about what's going on with the game. He's a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today. SOX1947 at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Soro and Joe. The key word is no AD, no Austin Reeves, no defense, and also no Russ at times meant no transition by anyone other than LeBron. This reminds me of the 2016 Lakers when Kobe was about to retire. Uh, the talent pool is pretty minimal. You knew you were going into a loss almost every game and there was nothing you can do about it. There is, yeah, there's uh, I, I was listening to James Worthy on spectrum and <laughs> it's funny how it's funny how his, the tone in his voice, he, he's got to play the company line, but he's, he knows it's over. <laughs> the season's pretty much washed. Uh, the only thing we have to look forward to really is LeBron breaking Kareem's record. There'll be a celebration for that. And then of course, uh, back to reality, back to reality. But then we, we do have a little bit of a celebration too, with Paul Gasol in March. I believe it's March 7th. Uh, my plan is to get to that game. And some interesting news to tell you on the offside. Congratulations to him. He has been nominated for being one of the nominees for the hall of fame. He's, he's uh, in that mix with pop who is a Tony Parker, Dirk Nowitzki, some great names in there. Yeah, it's, 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 there's no doubt that he will be, uh, I, I think the, I think the Lakers know he's getting in based off his international uh, career as well. Uh, whether he would have gotten in as just an NBA player that, that, that had some debate there. I believe his impact was enough besides the fact that he's had good statistics as well. His impact was monumental in so many ways, uh, not only to uh, Kobe's career or Kobe's championship. About the Memphis years he played. He, 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 he took a inept team to the playoffs for three years. Unfortunately, they went 0-4 the whole, for all three years. Uh, he did win Rookie of the Year. He was, I believe, is he the first – European international player to win rookie of the year. I think that I'd might, have to look that one up. I'd, I'd have to look that one up. Um, 
I'd say him and Dirk are one and two. I would was I would, was Drazen? I don't know if Drazen. No, no, no. Uh, Petrovic, I don't believe was a rookie of the year. Okay. No, um, I think that draft he came out of was Terry Cummins. I think Terry Cummins was the okay was the rookie of the year that year. The I don't know. Don't ask me how I remember that. I don't know why that popped in my head. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, in terms of the the era, in terms of uh, international players, uh, it's really Dirk one, and you can argue that. Pagasol is two of the 2000 era. So if you're one of the top two, let's say top three uh, international players in your generation, your era, uh, I, it's pretty pretty safe that you're probably going to be uh, a Hall of Famer. And then you factor in the, the the impact he made for the Lakers, Kobe's career and all that. Um, the fact that he's one of the best human beings out there. You have a, You have the perfect Hall of Famer in my book. And I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that jersey. I just want to see it in between 24 and eight. It's it, 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 it's going to be a beautiful thing, and I'm hoping to be there for that. But anyways, it's a, a depressed depression right now is start has probably set in more than even before because the last two games were it was it was I I'm I'm expecting a, I'm expecting Anthony Davis to be out for the year. This is way too secretive. Uh, so vague. Yeah, it's there's no reason for them to be vague. Uh, there was a reporter that asked Darvin Ham earlier today what the status of Anthony Davis's injury is, and he gave a pretty convincing. We're we're going to be able to tell you in a couple days. So the way he delivered that line, it it, it looked like something that's going to be permanent, at least for this year. And if that is the case. It's going to be very interesting how the season gets situated by management. Uh, because if AD is gone, we now are almost guaranteed we're not going to be making the playoffs. And we're going to have to cheer for losses by the New Orleans uh, Pelicans. I guess that's all we have to look forward to in terms of the basketball part of things. Um or the, the actual in-game basketball stuff instead of LeBron and, and, and Powell. We're just speculating on that, Andy. It's just the fact that the Lakers have been very vague on his right foot injury. They haven't said specifically what is wrong with the right foot. They've only mentioned that he could be out a month or more. They didn't say if they're going to go ahead and evaluate him at that time. They've just been very vague on it, which tells me there could be a larger problem at stake. It's just it's pointing in that direction, but it is not definitive at this time. Hopefully we'll be both proven wrong and he'll be told that, okay, yeah, it's just a big sprain and you know, he'll be, he'll be back in about three weeks or so. But again, to be so vague, the organization as a whole and just say it's a right foot injury and to continue as such when you, everybody out there knows, I mean, you've seen injuries. MRI the next day, they give you specifics on what the, what's going on. We see that as far as the technology and the medical advances that we see. And to be so vague with the public and the press on what's going on with AD is only leading us in that direction. It's just speculative at this time. And I just want to make sure that everybody knows that. Yes. Uh, I've looked at the replay of him. We don't know, Andy. That's the problem. It's just listed as a right foot injury that's soreness soreness right foot soreness is what it's been labeled that's very vague for being if they've already told you that he's going to be out a month that's the only thing that they've said and and even if he's out two months let's say it's still over 
uh, really a month is over at this point. There's, there's just no hope. Uh, everything that we discussed in the summer is coming to fruition. There was no margin of error. AD needs to be, be the, needs to be an MVP for us to have a chance. He was playing as an MVP for about 15 games and then AD AD'd. Uh, and we, we are now going on year three of a decimated season because of an injury to our top guy. Uh, so the Lakers have a even bigger decision to make this summer, more so than bringing in talent at this point. They need to make a decision on whether they're gonna they're gonna continue to have these kinds of seasons. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like, it has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Jamie Buss made a decision recently. She said yes to being engaged to, to comedian actor Jay Moore. Although, is he really acting anymore or being a comedian anymore? I, I think he's still on the radio, isn't he? I don't know what he's doing actually right now. And your mom on that answer says it all. But, you know, congratulations to her, at least. Let's, let's say that's congratulations. I, I love the movie Mafia. Okay. And I've heard... I, I, I've, Jerry I've, Maguire, he was in. I... Yeah, matter of fact, coincidentally, I was watching that last night with him and with you know him, all his good. I remember parts. when the entertainment industry was trying to push him as the next great thing. I uh, I think he had the ability to do it. Yes, uh, I agree. But but the- but the industry has a industry has an interesting way of delivering their control, and maybe Jay Moore is one of those guys that has a integrity. Rubbed, or maybe rub somebody the wrong way, and they're ah, rubbing people the wrong way. You know that's an that's that's an interesting phrase too. I I know I, I mean James Kahn used to rub people the wrong way. Uh, Chevy Chase rubbed people the wrong way. Bill Murray rubbed people the wrong way. Uh, why are some able to get through rubbing people the wrong way and some aren't? I think I think it's a it's 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 a it's an unknown reason what happens behind the scenes it's i think a lot of it is timing when it comes to art when it comes to network it really it does come down to timing uh jay moore uh, is too funny not to be relevant i've i've I, I i'd like to believe i know what funny is and that guy's actually made me laugh pretty hard uh he did transition to sports a little bit more and i think that's probably what he enjoys uh, which makes sense because dealing with, you know, box office, this and producers and you, you know how that world works. Gee, it's, yeah. it's paying the rear end, especially when you have a director or, or star actor or whatever, that's not easy to work with tends to, tends to kind of dilute the enjoyment of, of the, ma- the movie magic. Right. Yeah. But when we get on here, like Jay Moore did uh, replace, I think he would, he would fill in for Jim Rome for 
many, many instances. And finally, he was, he was so good at doing it. He finally had his own show. That's funny right there. Good one. That's probably the best line of the day right there, Andy Morris. He's the actor version of Rob Palenka. <laughs> I thought that would be Rob Lowe, but that's a good one too. Yes. Uh, right. Getting back to the game, my friend, here at the Lakers fast break. Once again, the Lakers do fall with a terrible second and third quarter, 134 to 120 to Sacramento so that they get to light the beam in Sacramento once again. Your thoughts on the game. Again, the Lakers... With the fact that just you do not have a great part of your defense in Austin Reeves and, of course, Anthony Davis, it really, really hurts the overall scheme of things. We hurt even with those guys in it. So you take those guys out, it's 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 game over. Yeah. And then the Kings are motivated to continue to drop 20-point wins on us, 30-point wins, 40-point wins. They're on a... They're on a crusade to, to to bury the Lakers every time they play them. It doesn't matter if it's a preseason game, regular season game. Uh, beginning of the game, we couldn't rebound over Sabonis. And then when we sort of were kind of going back and forth, I think it was 44-43 at some point in the second quarter, I think at the eight-minute mark, uh, you know, then all of a sudden Sacramento started hitting threes. They didn't miss them. They just weren't missing them all game. Third quarter did, you know, we third quartered our third quarter again. And all it was is just sitting there and hoping they would miss. And they didn't. They met, I believe they hit 17 threes, which uh, is 51 points. That's a pretty considerable number. Uh, and, and it's a momentum uh, changer or a momentum keeper for a team that, that can hit at that kind of clip. Pat Bev is just, it's not, it's not good. It is good. I mean, and then I know Zangerstein are one of our awesome individuals out there and the best Lakers chat that's out there right here at the Lakers fast break. I know she was probably squirming when she saw that starting lineup of Pat Bev and Dennis Schroeder. I mean, can you throw less size out there, my friend? There's no, we don't have anybody. Who do we have to throw out there? Half the team is injured. Start start the kids, start the crew, start Christian. Yeah. You, you, you played a little bit, made even a nice shot there at the beginning, but you know, the, why do the coaches not play him 40 minutes at this point? That's a good question. That I'd say that's a that's a great question to ask Darvin Ham in the post game to kind of get away from the from the monotony of the same old question of who's injured, who's going to be here, are they going to be here in the next game? I think if 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 we're in the in that in that section there to ask the question, I think that'd be a great question. Hey Darvin Ham, would you think about possibly playing? Uh, Max Christie, 40 minutes a game to let him develop while the team is trying to get around this injury bug. You know, you don't want to be too deliberate and say this team, this, this season's shot. So why not just let the kids play 40 minutes a game and see which one develops? Heck bring, bring Jay Huff up. Let's see what he can do. I'd love to see them bring. Yeah. Let's let's just Damian Jones is, 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 is worthless. Yeah, Damon Damian Jones is just not working. Uh, uh, Gabriel, unfortunately, I think still has some side effects from his injury. I know Scotty Pippen Jr. has this pizzazz, or because he's he's got a little flash to his game, but the problem yeah, is, but in, the, in he's not season that led to turnovers each. Yeah, time. until he starts shooting at a forty percent clip, yes, he's not likely going to be a regular player in the NBA. And he's not his dad's height at six seven either. He's six one, I think, if I'm not mistaken. It's he. He definitely got that from his mom's side, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's just it's just disheartening. It's three years in a row we've 
we we've we've uh we've lost out on trying to get I was I was really feeling like we were gonna get at least two in the LeBron era. I was I, I was holding out the possibly three if a few things went right, but I really believed. I really believed we were gonna be able to get because of the youth and the in the and the ability of Anthony Davis, I said, even if something happens in between here and there, you know, they're gonna be able to bring guys and guys are going to want to play with LeBron and Anthony Davis, but Anthony Davis's injuries has absolute have, have absolutely destroyed uh, the LeBron AD era in, 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 in the last three years. And I agree with you. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Gerald Glassford and Mr. Joe Soro. Truly appreciate you being here. It is the Lakers, unfortunately losing 134 to 120. I do agree with you as I said just a second ago, about Pat Bev. It's time for Pat Bev to either be benched or gone. I'm so tired of his act. You saw what he did the other night in Phoenix when he tried to show up Chris Paul talking about him being smaller than him and the Lakers still being down, I think, 20 at that point in time. And tonight he's, uh, as Andy Moore said, celebrating and smacking the floor a la Tim Duncan down 23 after a layup. That's not how... I think that it should be the way that, that they're doing that Pat Bev does this Pat Bev's antics. They don't work when you're down 20, 23 points. It just seems desperate. It just seems ridiculous. And it just sets you up for so much mockery right now. It just, it just seems like it's time for the team to sit him down at the end of the bench. If they had a full team, I would say yes, but they don't. There's really no choice at this point. You need somebody that's somewhat playable, <laughs> somewhat has some experience, I guess, to do something. Uh, uh, it's you know, uh, this this wasn't very hard to 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 analyze, uh, ladies and gentlemen. This was something that we've talked to, we've talked a lot about. We talked a lot about. We're 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 very knowledgeable of our of our team. And we come off hard. We come off fun. We've come off nice. You know, that's it's like family. You know, you're nice. You're mean. Frustration, happy. Lakers are like like a family. Like a, that's part of the family. We, we we dedicate a lot of our life to it. And if we're being truthful to ourselves, if we're being truthful and in general, you know, we're gonna we're gonna point out the issues that this team has, and then also point out the good things. Unfortunately, there's been more issues than good things. Because availability is a talent that this team does not have. And that is, I think, the most important ability at this point. And it's the one thing that we've, that's been elusive the last three years. LeBron James, the Jekyll and Hyde feeling of him from me. I, I do catch myself sitting down sometimes watching a game going, do I appreciate this guy enough? Do I appreciate his talent enough from a bat. Yes, I do. But maybe sometimes I fall into that lull of I, because he's so great when he doesn't show great things, you, you, you're quick to say, what are you doing? Why did you do that? Right. Today I'm watching him play and a little bit, a little bit of me has said, you know, he could have very easily just sat down today and he didn't, he played hard. He was going after loose balls. He was doing stuff. And I, I still kind of feel bad for him in general. Not, he's had a phenomenal career. 
but I still feel bad for him. I, I don't think he'll ever have the like the complete team. He's never really had a complete team in the 20 years he's been in the league. And I, I sort of thought after we won 2020, I thought, you know what? LeBron might actually have, a, this might be his best teammate. This might be his best teammate. He just won a championship. AD's 28 years old. I go, LeBron, they're gonna, the Lakers are going to, you know, stockpile this thing until we, we get 18 and maybe 19, right? Uh, but his injuries just didn't let it happen. Didn't let it happen. And LeBron now has to likely end his career with four championships, which is, is going to always be the kind of the, bri- the, the, the broken bridge to being the, 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 the guy that sits at the number one spot. That's that's probably going to hold him back, despite his statistics. Despite if he plays another two or three years, I think ultimately that's the barometer. At least when it, when you're comparing it with with Michael Jordan, Zangerstein, that twenty, you know, I agree with you. That twenty twenty team was legit good. They knew what they did well, and they did it to the max. They knew they were great on the transition, and they knew they were great at overall team defense. They played both parts of that very very well that's what took him to a championship was defense and transition and, a really, and, and it needs to be pointed out it was a really legit good team i agree it, with, with yes and things. it needs to be pointed out uh those who just want to denigrate things because it makes them feel good like the bubble championship like the well, bubble they like to say the bubble or the mickey mouse championship the lakers were playing stout basketball that had the same four kind of rest that they did for four months before all that happened, okay, it was not – they didn't stink for four months and then come back six months later and decide that they're going to start playing really well in, in 10 games before the bubble. No, no. The Lakers were on a mission that year. I remember distinctively that whole year I was in shock at how there was not even an ounce of anything coming out of a locker room, a practice – it was like the quietest Laker team I've ever seen. The quietest. I had never heard anything out of that team. There was nothing negative, nothing positive, nothing, anything. It was just Lakers are coming to play. And what was great about that team is it did take them a little bit to get kind of going, but they were winning the games they were supposed to, and they were close in, in, in winning those games against the elite teams. But after the new year, they started winning those games and then really started winning them towards March. Yeah. So the Lakers in 2020 were not just good during the bubble. They were good the whole year before the break. They, they kind of, kind of uh, mailed it in uh, before the bubble. Uh, they were, I think they were before the, before four and the six. bubble playoffs. I think they were yeah. four and six, something like that. They but, looked terrible in that, that yeah. those eight games. I think yeah. that was uh, right before the playoffs. Yeah. Right. But we, um, boy, did we, uh, if Kuzma could make an open shot, I really believe we would have swept the West. But we did we, we did go <laughs> we did go twelve and three, so I'm not complaining. I'm just saying yeah. it was it was that it was that dominant in terms of a performance. And then they had to have a heroic performance from Jimmy Butler just to I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I I didn't appreciate that at the time. And normally that's kind of status. I was standing here on the show. Well, I don't know what a great performance. It, it, I, I I I can't focus on great performances when it's against my team. But now looking back on it, the more and more I watch it, the more and more yeah. we, I mean, 
it, I, I'm not, I knew it wouldn't have happened, but if had they given the finals MVP to Jimmy Butler, I, I probably would not have been, I probably wouldn't have objected. I would have said, I, I can't argue it. There, there's a legitimate, there's this legitimacy there. <laughs> I mean, he was how they went about- before COVID when they, like you, like Zanger said, they, they had those great games against the Clippers and the Bucks and, yeah, they really just went into before they went. Especially to the last two games against the Clippers, because that well, was they had a they had a loss. They actually lost to a, a lesser team. They before. lost to the, I think they lost to was it Brooklyn? Yeah, it, was, it was a really bad loss. It was yeah, a really it was a bad, bad loss, loss before we went into. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think it was Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, but we went that into COVID. that that's that's what I call the mid mid year, you know. But that was coming off the high of you just beat the Bucks, you just yeah, beat the Clippers. I remember that it was a Brooklyn game. I remember I was I was like, I wish we had won that game. And eh, but in the end, I think I think it didn't really matter, uh, especially after what happened. And uh, so back back to what I was saying about lost the bill, our lost championship uh, kind of mini dynasty here. We had a chance to kind of have a little bit of a a mini dynasty. I call the Kobe 0910 team a mini dynasty, although I don't like to use the word dynasty. I, two championships, it doesn't, to me, justify a, a dynasty. I even didn't, I even thought uh, three championships. I think it's a couple really good years. Yes. Well, they had three really good years. Yeah. If you get to uh, the finals team as well. Right. Uh, well, the, the 11th team wasn't too bad. The 12th team was okay, but. They would have they would have had to have won in 08 for that to be a, a legitimate yeah. dynasty. People consider the three peat a dynasty. Uh, if it's three peat, you can you can probably say that because winning three in a row is virtually impossible. So you can call that a dynasty. But I don't like to use the I like to use the Kobe Shaq era and the Kobe and Powell era. I, I feel I feel like to me a dynasty is is the Bulls winning six in ten years, six in eight years, I should say, and then the. The Lakers winning five in nine years. To me, that's a dynasty. But when you say LeBron James, this is probably going to be in 2020 his only championship with the Lakers because it's looking more and more like it's just not meant to be. I have a feeling that unless drastic things are done at the front office, I have a feeling you're right because, you know, AD can just not stay healthy. It's just not in his DNA this late in his career. And now he's pushing 30 and now it's getting to the point where you have to consider maybe doing some other things like maybe possibly contemplating a trade because you just cannot have him healthy for an entire season. And this is what happens. Your whole defense is anchored around him, centered around him. And when he's gone, you see what happens tonight. Sacramento, who plays a great team game, really knows how to exploit it from various areas. And they did so tonight. They were killing the Lakers from the side three-pointer right there. The corner three-pointer was, is again, an absolute killer. We've seen this over the past couple of weeks. It's just been an absolute killer for the Lakers so far. I feel like Miami would be a good trade partner for the summer for AD. Mm-hmm. I think Pat Riley would be willing to put a flyer out for that. He has enough contracts there to make the numbers work and probably throw a couple of first rounders make it easy i should say 
It's depressing talking about it. I, I did not want, I, I don't want. Hey, we got to talk about it. We got to talk. I don't call want, it like yeah. We always I, said I, we it, call it like we see it. And, uh, you know, we, again, we get the compliments from our from our crew. Andy Morris said, I'm really glad you guys are not spinning it. And finally, there's a post-game show that says it how it is. We're not going to go ahead. I'm trying to understand something here. Why are we the only, are we really the only ones that do this? This can't be it. This can't be, we're not the only truth serums out there, are we? Or are there people out there that are just obnoxious with their truth? Maybe I don't know. I I I don't understand how you don't you don't paint the picture of what's there. I, it's I, pretty I, obvious, John. I, I I I I appreciate those who say that we're straight shooters and we tell the truth, but I feel like that's like saying. Hey, you're a good dad. You know, like, well, you're supposed to be a good dad. We're supposed to tell the truth here. And it's becoming more apparent that the truth matters because we said this for months. It happened exactly how we said it. And it's still depressing. It, I'm depressed from a sports standpoint. Not, There's not a reason me. why our entire panel pick the Lakers from 8th to 10th is because none of us had any hope for a really, really good season for the Los Angeles Lakers in its because, current form. Because it was just, it, it wasn't very realistic. Did anyone think that, that Anthony Davis would play 75 games? When I sat down by myself and thought that in my mind without trying to bring any negativity to the table, because sometimes I will hold back, guys. I know that sounds weird to you, but it's true. I will hold back because it's draining to be negative when it's even even when it is justified. It's 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 draining. Like, can you stop reminding me that my life sucks? You know, kind of thing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, 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 I get it. Can you stop telling me my Lakers suck? Because I I I, I just I work for a boss I hate and I I my car doesn't work and my girlfriend left me and now you know now you keep bringing more negativity to something that's and here's supposed Joe, to the bounce me out. to tell you how wonderful his life is. Yeah, and and that's that the the, the funny thing about that comment is it it's it's an it's it's you can see the interpretation of the person how someone can interpret something and completely be oblivious to to the reality of what's going on or what is going on. We, we like to call people or call things certain things so, so that it makes us feel better instead of, wait a minute, does this make sense? Does it make sense to say this? Does it make sense to say that this is likely going to happen? Well, why is it going to happen that way? Well, because it's been happening. It's been happening. Why would we think otherwise in terms of, the, of, of what, what the Lakers team ended up being? It's just not, it's just not there. Um, so it's tough. It's tough uh, to know that at this point we're looking at December 21st and we, we are all about, we're, we're, we're all but done. We're all but done for the season, guys. And I think we're going to get an announcement that Anthony Davis will likely be out for the year. And that's, that's just my, speculation. Yeah. I'm not saying I disagree with Joe on that. I just want to make sure it's speculated. We're not already saying that. It's just because the comp- the the team has been so vague on exactly the – the nature of the injury left uh, right foot soreness right foot soreness right foot sore that it, it's you know if you already know he's going to be out a month is what you've already told people at the very least 
that's very concerning that it's just right foot soreness and not something much more serious because I'm assuming that they've done enough MRIs or x-rays to determine what the problem is and what the usual course of action as far as trying to get him rehabilitated and back on the court and how long a process that's going to be. They just haven't been very straight with the public. I've seen that more and more with sports teams now where they're selective about what injuries they want to disclose to the public and to the press and what injuries they do not, which I think is sometimes unfair, especially because we talked about it on a previous show. You're buying several hundred dollar seats in some occasions. So if you don't know the status of a player and what his injury status is, it makes it a lot harder to go ahead and say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and invest the money on the seats or not. So it just, you know, it, it would be respectful of the fans and of the public out there. If you know the nature of what the injury is and how long he's going to be out, that you start doing it sooner rather than later. Uh, our, our viewing habits no longer warrant them to think that way. We talk, talked a little bit about it in our observation show and we're not helping either. Uh, I mean, I did say I didn't watch the Phoenix game because I thought it was BS that Russell Westbrook wasn't playing. And LeBron he has left foot soreness. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't support the fact that people want to just take a day off because they feel like they want to play a back to back and it won't matter. Well, if it doesn't matter, then I, I would like the NBA to, to, uh, it's interesting. They'll find a guy for defending his teammate for three games, but they won't find someone who doesn't play or not pay them for not playing. We live in a world where, uh, someone decides that they don't want to go to work regularly. I can understand every now and then and get paid for it. You know, this isn't, this isn't a $20 an hour job. It's easy to have someone who's making $20 an hour miss a day and pay their vacation day. That's 160 bucks. If they're working eight hours, then paying some guy $150,000 for a game. Or in some cases, some people are getting paid you know, a million dollars a game. And, right. and it, I mean, if Russell Westbrook comes back on Friday's game for Friday's game against Charlotte, how is his left foot soreness different from AD's right? So, foot so we're, we're talking about the fans, right? We're talking about fans who are, who are spending $300 on a Laker game, right? $300. Who cares about them, right? Who cares about them, right? Because you're still going to pay Russell Westbrook a million dollars to miss a game, well, who do you think is going to cover that? You, you just well, it's paid about five hundred thousand or so. Yeah, but still. Yeah, well, I figured it's he's making forty seven thousand. There's eighty two games a year. That's million, yeah. Forty seven. That's you know, I'm 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 not a I'm not Einstein here, but I think I can probably get to uh, around that million dollar it's number. A, it's good money if you can make it. How about that? You think you you lost the point of what I'm saying? I got the point every bit. Okay, so we're we're we don't care, guys. We're not putting enough pressure on the team to to not do this. So we can sit here and complain all we want. We're the problem. We are the problem. We still watch. So until we stop watching the TV and the ratings from the TV contracts, say, hey man, you guys are starting to get WNBA ratings. We're not going to give you four billion dollars on the next deal. Then, 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 then things will change. But I think it's rigged, uh, just like corporate sponsorship paying for these seats. They don't. They, they, they. People are buying them. Somebody's buying them, 
And if they don't show up for the Phoenix Suns has to pay $4 billion. A lot of money there. Just imagine that, what Jeannie could get if she could. Well, sell. I think he, he, he wanted an NBA team so bad. He paid double what Steve Ballmer paid when he bought the record setting price of 2 billion for the Clippers. I remember two, two and a half was the starting price point when this whole Robert Sarver thing started to go down a couple months ago about the asking price. And it looked like it was only going to go up from there. He guaranteed he was going to get the team, just like Steve Ballmer did. Steve Ballmer, I think the Clippers were worth, by on paper, about seven hundred million, if I if I remember that. correctly. They through were Forbes. Th- yeah, through Forbes, seven hundred million. Uh, he came in with two billion and pretty much waxed everyone around him. Eh, right, here's two billion. Just can you give me the team already? This is what this guy did too in Phoenix. But apparently, he's very enthusiastic and. People are going to like him, apparently, from what I'm hearing. And it's going to be a destination for people to go now instead of having to go work for a, 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 a slapstick like Starver. So I want to clear out some of that front office in Phoenix after the report that Baxter Holmes put on ESPN.com the other day as well. Asked, you know, that's, such a great, that's such a great journalist name. I love Baxter I love Holmes. Baxter Holmes. <laughs> I wonder he's if that's good. Just... he's good. You, I mean, no, no, I know, I know, I know, but I've always I always liked that name. I've known I know who Baxter Holmes is. I was like, that's a great like journalist name. Just I, kinda... I understand, I understand he doesn't own the whole part of it as far as Robert Sarver is concerned. Fine chicken. Very good point. I'm glad you pointed that out. Technically, it's not four billion, but the the asking price of what he is buying into it is going to be worth four billion dollars. The investment as a total, as far as what the new owner of the Suns is doing is going to be about $4 billion. Robert Sarver is not getting the full $4 billion of it, uh, you know, because he only owns a percentage, the largest percentage of the Suns. But the new owner of the Suns, when all is said and done and the dust settles, will have invested over $4 billion. That, I, that's probably the best way I could, I could elaborate on it. Good, good work, fried chicken. You're come. Yeah, so fried chicken gets credit for that. I'm going to give him props for that. Absolutely, good stuff. I, uh, I was just thinking that too. Uh, I, I didn't know what the percentages were until now, Uh, but I, I had, I had, I did think about that when I found out that he was worth six billion and he paid four billion for the team. I was like, wow, that's, that's like an Elon Musk move where I'm just going to buy Twitter for almost fifty billion, right? Uh, But you know, again, I, I. I hope he does well. I hope he enjoys his, you know, you can't take it with you guys. So even if it, even, even if he did spend all 4 billion, I think he'll be okay with the other two. I think he'll live fine. (laughs) And I I would totally do that move. What am I going to do? You know, Warren Buffett said it. He's like, dude, after 50 million, it's all the same money. Yeah. I'll I'll take it. Yeah. I know. Oh, I know. I'll take take the percentage. We'll all take it. Yeah. The, might not be the full four billion. Sure, but sure, but that's that's just I think that's funny that money has uh, money has accumulated so much the last decade that I think we've become so desensitized desensitized with um, with what a billion dollars is because every bill passed in Congress these days is one point seven trillion dollars or one point four trillion dollars. We're like we look at it like monopoly money now, so. A team buying, I mean, I don't think they ever thought 30 years ago, all the big business types, I don't think they thought in a million years that an NBA team would sell for $4 billion, even in the future. Because I'm pretty sure no one would have sold in 1990. They would have waited that one out. (laughs) But 
Back to the Lakers and the future. The future looks bleak. We don't have leaders on this team that give us any kind of hope. Uh, the only hope we have left is to hope that New Orleans, and I, I hate to say this because I really do like Zion Williamson and his success is, is, is good for the NBA, and I like him as a person, but I, would, I just want them to stink one for just five, four more months, just four more months, and then he can go in a championship the following year for, for all I care. But we need them to hopefully be in the – if they make the playoffs, I'm hoping it's a 7-8 seed or a 9 seed or a 10 seed so that there's no chance of anything going on where they where, – where we're flipping, you know, a top two pick to them. Which well, they're right gonna... now in third place, a game out in the Western Conference. Denver, a team that I think both you and I picked at the, to be the, the top of the Western Conference in the regular season. They're there right now on top, my friend. Nikola Jokic has rose to the top. So if Denver finishes one, is he really going to be a – is he going to really be Larry Bird and win three in a row? Three MVP, MVPs in a row. I don't know. I don't think so. They will not give him. A Think three. about that for a second. Who's the runaway right now? There's no runaway. Tatum There's no runaway, still, right? So Tatum what happens first? And you're know. talking about a guy who dropped 40, 27, and ten. Yeah. That that's 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 Shaq like mm-hmm. with with PG skills. That's not even fair. So I don't know. I don't know. G. If if but, if Denver finishes one. If Denver finishes one, oh, by the way, if Denver finishes one, and by some miracle, and again, I'm going to the end of positivity here, and I'm, I'm not, I don't expect this to happen, but if the Lakers get the eighth seed, Denver can't beat the Lakers. Lakers have their number. How would that work out? Hmm. That'd be interesting. Sorry, that'd that just be, came out of nowhere. That'd be interesting. Indeed, I was listening. But... I was listening to Eddie Johnson this morning on on uh, Sirius NBA. Series XM NBA. And he he's flat out said if the Lakers somehow snuck in and got the eighth seed and, and then Denver was one, he goes, I'm picking the Lakers. So yeah, they play very well against there's some well. matchups that that just Jokic can't handle yeah. for some sort of reason. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Again, the Lakers have to get to that point, and games like tonight are not going to help at all as the Lakers, unfortunately, fall 134 to 120. The Lakers uh, will try to get back on the right ship against a team as hapless or even more hapless than they are in the Charlotte Hornets. They're 824. They're on the road to Wembyama. They will go ahead and hopefully continue their tanking Friday night at the Crypt before the Lakers go out on a long road trip once again. December's been full of road trips, my friend, for the Lakers. 
But for one last time here in the month of December and in the year 2022, the Lakers get a home game on Friday night against Charlotte. So I think even LeBron can carry the team to a victory then, hopefully, if all goes well on this holiday season. But before we head on out, want to go ahead and thank you so much for watching and listening. Wanted to go ahead and end this show on a little bit more cheery note. I know with the loss that was going on and everybody's uh, arguing as far as the course of what's going on for the Lakers and the front office and the inactivity there. But in this holiday season, in the holiday spirit, I wanted to go ahead and ask you if at all possible, my friend, you could tell me as far as the holiday season, what movie, what holiday film, what Christmas film identifies with Joe Sorrell the most? What is your favorite Christmas holiday films? And everybody in the chat, go ahead. Don't be shy. Please go ahead and let us know as well. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Right there for you. Raising Canes, if you're familiar with the chain, they're promoting it as the movie right there for them. If you go into any uh, Raising Canes, you're seeing all the promotion. And when we do a show on Christmas, I'm assuming we're going to be doing a show on Christmas Day. Of course. You will see why. So stay tuned. Holiday road. Yes. Uh, I, I would say to, if, if you need an explanation on why that particular movie resonates with me is uh, I always say my my abrasiveness is like a firecracker. Fried it, chickens is violent Christmas. <laughs> it's, 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 that's a good one too. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it snaps and then it's out. And that's and if you watch Chevy Chase during that during that two hour masterpiece of comedy, you'll see him be this cheery guy who's singing, who's loves his family, who's about his family, and says things to his kids and things like that that make us all laugh. And then there's that moment of dread and destruction, and then smart aleck type comments like to the neighbors uh i've already got I, you starring in a movie joe uh, I, I i appreciate that guys you guys are just humbling me today tonight i appreciate all the compliments usually compliments are not what i usually get <laughs> i don't know how to react to good good things said about me a lot of times it's not good it's more frustration or who the hell is this guy <laughs> but if you watch Christmas Vacation, there's a there's a level of up and down with Chevy Chase that I absolutely uh, uh, relate to, uh, and he just so happens to be a big part of my life growing up. He's a he's a legend in terms of his his comedy. I'm a huge Fletch fan. I'm a huge Memoirs of an Invisible Man. A lot of the movies that people don't associate Chevy Chase with. I've, I've been following Chevy Chase since I was a kid. And he, he always, it always hit. He, his stuff always hit. Um, so that would be that would be the the character. That would be the movie that best describes me. But I I, I look forward to one day, if, if Sovereign, if you're producing a film called Black Christmas, uh, for those of you who have noticed, uh, I'm usually wearing black. Uh, my truck is black. I've always had black trucks. You can thank Back to the Future for that, by the way, because they're usually Toyotas. Um, imagine that. Imagine the 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 power of marketing. Should I start calling you Biff? No, I'm I'm I, I'm Marty with the black truck. 
I think Biff. I should call you Biff. I'm not Biff. <laughs> I'm not a bully. <laughs> really? No. Some have said otherwise. No, I don't bully people around. Uh, I pop the bullies for the for the people who can't mess with the bullies. Uh, no, a bully's a coward. A bully is the narcissist. That's that's what a bully is. But you've been called a narcissist. Well, I, if you wanna you wanna believe that, that's that's on you, man. But okay. you know, if that if that makes you feel good, then then go ahead and think that. Uh, it's not the first, that likely won't be the last. I, I get it. I get it. There's there's some there's some dialogue there that could point to that. But uh, you know, again, go ahead and do what you do do you and. Fried I'll, chicken uh, says he's laying off for you because it's Christmas, but then after the New Year, it's good, it's good, happy. good, good. A little, a little. You know, we we live in a very sensitive world today. Uh, we need to start stretching that thing out and beating it to death. I enjoy the banter. Uh, I don't really have feelings to be insulted. Uh, so you guys have at it. I promise you, I won't cry in a corner, but I might bring back some venom <laughs> oh there you go black christmas too indeed but once again it's the lakers fast break my favorite christmas movie and the best all-time christmas movie is none other than die hard and there really is no other option so who would you be in die hard of course yippee kaye blankety blank 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 bruce willis really i would absolutely <sighs> who would i be in that movie Alan Rickman? More than likely. Alan Rickman. Did you know that that he was... He makes his... that movie. Of he course he does. Do you know that was his first film, motion picture? Really? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. And the reason why I, I'm going to... I'll tell you why I picked Alan Rickman. Because it's easy because he's the villain and he's the most popular one. No, no, that's not why. When The scene when um, Ellis, that wisecrack guy, comes in and thinks he can bargain a deal his reaction to that guy is exactly how i feel i would have reacted you you, you just knew the guy was a used car salesman type and you're like this guy's gonna i'm checking this guy out <laughs> so yeah I, uh, die hard is a great christmas movie uh die hard with a vengeance is also really die good. hard with a vengeance oh man that movie i like die hard too too because I mean, yeah. those first three were it's great. It's watchable, but it's not. Yeah, but the, the thing movies. is, Dennis France and and Bruce Willis's banter was I loved it, and I'm a huge Fred Thompson guy. God rest his soul. I, I he was he was the greatest politician actor ever. Right? He he was a legitimate politician, and and I I I, I loved him in the Days of Thunder. He was such a badass in that movie, just crapping all over Tom Cruise and. And 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 just kind of the, the way he would word things, I thought was was just really good. Uh, but Die Hard, welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, yeah, and that's I. It just it it didn't look like they were acting. That's what's amazing about Bruce Willis in his prime. They did not look like they were acting. So in Vengeance, you're, you you know Samuel Jackson and Bruce Willis are just going at it, and you're like, how the like this they, this is a script. Or did they just let him go? <laughs> like, did they just let him go and say, "Look, imagine you're driving through New York in, in a cab through Central Park and react." Go. I, I miss those movies. I wonder if we'll ever get those again. Who knows? Who knows? Indeed. Although you know, maybe a lot of people are saying that when it comes to 
<laughs> Top Gun Maverick because of the fact so sovereign. If you on. look at the beginning scene, if you look at Days of Thunder, Days of Thunder, one of my favorite all time favorites. If you look at Days of Thunder, the first scene when Tom Cruise shows up with the bike, you'll see the camera is on the ground, looking up. So they knew. They knew even then that he was. Uh, they needed to make Tom Cruise look a little bit bigger. You know, if I was in my 60s and still jumping out of planes like he just did the other day to thank everyone for watching Top Gun Maverick, that dude, okay, you can say what you want about Top, you know, Tom Cruise, about his religion, all that stuff and all, all that, but you got to go ahead and give props to a guy who's in his 60s jumping out of planes. Well, I, I never really held his uh, extracurricular activities against him. I'm, I'm just a, put out what's on the screen. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and even even still, even outside the the screen, uh, you know, I love John Travolta. And he's he's part of the same group. Yeah. And, you know, we, we go back on a lot of these uh, celebrities who have had some 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 dialogue about the way things have been run and, you know, outside their, their, their realm. Yeah. You know, there's still, you know, just, they have opinions. They have certain things. There's certain people that you can, you can, you know, kind of say, you know what? I, I, I again, I love John Travolta. I, 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 he just, he, he's, he's a very engaging person, even in interviews. He just has it. Some people just have it. So Jamie Foxx said about Tom Cruise, he said, he's the most well-adjusted movie star ever he's ever seen. The most well-adjusted, and he's one of the few guys that's still trying to. He he brought back movie magic. He proved that you can do it, and we should use that as a springboard to guys, people in this industry, Warner Brothers, Disney, all your new CEOs. I hope you're taking notes and. Some of the stuff that I've been hearing, it looks like they are. We'll see if they can execute it now. We want to go to the movie theater and enjoy the movie. We don't want to know about what people are doing in their homes. You know what I mean? Like, we we want to watch Top Gun, Maverick, and enjoy the phenomenal footage <laughs> of, of planes going around. By the way, Fried Chicken, yes, that is Joe's Charlie Brown Christmas tree <laughs> What was the blanket that kid had? What? You mean Linus? Linus yeah. has a blanket. Yeah, I don't yeah, think what, it's the one that stinks, right? Yeah, well, because he has it around. He's dragging yeah. it around everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah. That'd be more me. Okay. Without a blanket. All right. But if you have a favorite Christmas movie in mind, please share in the comments or anywhere you want on YouTube, on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. TikTok, go ahead and let us know at Lakers Fast Break. It's truly appreciate all the support and love. Big mention to Howard Hill. He mentioned some stuff the other day to us, you know, really helping us out. Thanks so much for doing so. Just even the suggestion is just great. The Lakers chat room has been fantastic as always. Just been a great source of uplifting us as we're trying to uplift you after a bad loss tonight. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, that's a great movie. Absolutely great movie. Not going to disparage that all in the least. One of the the best movies as far as uh, that's out there for the Disney right now. They, all the things that they do as far as Nightmare Before Christmas, all the things that it's created since then, as far as uh, it's it's had a life on its own since the actual airing of the movie. So many people love it, and it's easy to understand why it's such a great movie. But yes, thanks so much again for everybody that gets a chance to subscribe to us on YouTube. Truly appreciate all the support. You guys have been fantastic tonight. 
Before we head out, do you want to mention that, of course, we've got our live watch party on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. Big shout out to Nick Molina Jr. for being part of it tonight. Truly appreciate it. Rocky Four is his favorite Christmas movie for fried chicken. Hey, okay. fried chicken, you're seriously, you're on tonight. That is great. That is yep. a great, great movie for Christmas. That that Very we fun. forget about Rocky Four. Yeah, we do. We forget about we can forget about Rocky Four. That's a good one. But Zangerstein, Fried Chicken, Sovereign, Howard Hill, all been fantastic. Truly appreciate it. So many great people in the chat. Cannot thank you enough for doing so. Marcel, you had a great comment. Truly thank you enough for, for obviously being a part of their chat. The world's best Lakers chat room is right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Sovereign, Zangerstein, Jordan Brown was here as well. Thanks so much. Howard Hill even had some supporters of some Kings fans with uh, Karate Cherry that was here. He was trying to go ahead and talk the smack. We just kind of ignored him. But, uh, you know, thankful that he was actually here watching us because it always helps our numbers. So, thank, you know, pretty much uh, truly appreciate that as well. So, even if you're not a Lakers fan, we always welcome and invite you over here to the Lakers Fast Break. Andy Morris, great comments early on in the chat as well. Thank you so much. Really had some good ones for us as well. But I know we're going to be back on Friday for the game against Charlotte, which should be a win against one of the worst teams in the NBA. Any last thoughts, Joe, before we head on out? Hopefully uh, Mitch and Rob can talk Friday about doing something. I don't know what, but. I don't want any of those assets they have unless it's uh, uh, last name Ball. You're, you're probably right. Yeah, it's I, I, I know you. Got, I know there was a fatuation by Laker Tom for a little bit of time over Rozier, but really, is that what you want? No. Well, you can't give up draft capital for it, but I would do it for like none and Beverly. Yeah. But I don't think the Lakers want to take on contracts beyond this year, too. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't know. So, I don't know. Rock and to, our place. I don't know. I don't know where to go anymore, guys. I, I feel I feel fried. Well, can't you gotta unfry yourself? Fried chicken will be disappointed in you. Yeah, so yeah. yes. Coming Friday, be a part of our action right there for you on the playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break Live Watch Party. Thanks so much again to Sovereign, Amchi, Fried Chicken, Zangerstein, Andy Morris, uh, Sovereign, of course, everybody that was part of it. Cannot thank you enough for being part of what we did tonight and each and every night right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate it. And once again, Howard Hill, thanks so much for everything. All the great suggestion. And it, thank you for even just going ahead and giving us a big shout out on YouTube. Cannot thank you enough for doing that as well. But we will be back on Friday night after the live watch party for the post game. As only Joe and I can do it on the verge of Christmas. We'll be in the holiday spirit. Will the Lakers be in the holiday spirit? Hopefully they will. Hopefully they'll put a lump of coal in the stocking of Charlotte come Friday. We'll find out right here on Friday at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.